in the backwoods of America. We have climbed the highest mountains, searched the densest forest, dragged the swamps, and scoured the prairies to find our leader, retired U.S. Marine gunny, Bud Cornwell. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. I was blessed with the privilege to attend the Convention of State Simulation 2023, a historic event. Believe me, historic. This is in the same level as the original 1789 convention, where the Bill of Rights became part of the Constitution of the United States. Going to present you the opening remarks by three great patriots, Mark Meckler, Michael Ferris, and Rick Santorum, to start this convention. I will also continue to bring you other podcasts associated with specifics in the amendments that were passed in this simulation convention. Then you'll have a better understanding, rightfully so, that this is the real deal. These are legislators from 49 states. Rhode Island was the only state that was not represented. Commissioners and legislators to make a determination on amendments that are necessary to our Constitution. So take a wonderful listen to the CEO of Convention of States and our great leader, Mark Meckler, as he opens up the 2023 Convention of States simulation. Good morning. Thank you all for being here, and thank you for being prompt and on time this morning. We're gonna have a tight schedule. So this kind of movement in and out of rooms from here to the committee rooms to lunch and back, is it's going to be important that we operate that efficiently. I wanted to welcome you this morning to the 2023 Article 5 Simulated Convention of States. It's a truly historic endeavor. For those of you who were here last night, thank you for being here. Uh, for your attention, for listening to Patrick Henry, and for having him help us set the stage for what you're about to do. What you're about to do is unlike any other meeting. If you've never been to a simulated convention before, uh, you haven't been through this experience, this will be unlike anything you've ever done before. This is not just a convention or a gathering or a social event or an educational event. You are making history during this event. I hope that you will keep that in mind. I expect that what we will see is what we saw at the 2016 simulated convention, which is we saw good people come into a room and rise to the level of great statesmen and stateswomen. 
America will be watching. People who support what we're doing out across the country, over 5 million folks who have signed up in support of calling a convention of states will be watching. And people who oppose the process will be watching. The process itself, the convention itself, are entirely nonpartisan endeavors. This is not a policy discussion. This is a discussion about where the appropriate authority in the United States of America under our Constitution lies. Does it lie with the people and the states? Or does the fundamental authority in the United States of America, the majority of authority, lie with the federal government? I think most of us who are in this room would agree with the answer that it lies with the people of the United States and their representatives in the states. The federal government was always intended to be a government of limited enumerated powers. Today, the federal government is a government of unlimited, essentially unenumerated powers, largely the effect of an overreaching government for decades, over a century at least, and a Supreme Court that rubber stamps and encourages that encroachment on state authority and the sovereign authority of the people of these United States. So today you will enter into solemn and serious debate about amendments which might be proposed to be sent to the states for ratification in order that we might restrain that federal government and once again put it back within the bounds of the United States Constitution. I would like, just for a moment, just as, as an experiment, could you raise your hand if you were here at the simulated convention in 2016? I would appreciate that. Thank you for your participation in that event, and thanks for being here again, and hopefully some of you can help lead the way in committees and, and discussions among your colleagues. There are those out there on both sides of the aisle who oppose what we're doing. We know about the supporters, but there are opponents on both sides of the aisle, too. They fear the idea of a runaway convention. We hear this from Democrats and Republicans, liberals and conservatives. In responding to them, I would like to be direct, if perhaps a bit harsh. And in doing so, I will quote one of my favorite founding fathers, and that is Sam Adams. Sam Adams, in dealing with the people and talking about the people who opposed the fight for liberty, said this, if you love wealth better than liberty, if you love the tranquility of servitude better than the animating contest of freedom, then go home from us in peace. We need neither your counsel nor your arms. Crouch down and lick the hands that feed you and may posterity not remember that you are our countrymen. There's humor in that, but there's a very serious attitude in that. You are leaders in the fight for liberty in the United States of America, and that liberty is indeed being lost. And any time we engage in a war, any time we engage in a fight, we have to measure the risk in that fight. And you're here because you're serious people who have made that measurement within yourselves and made your own decisions about what the appropriate things are to do in this time of tribulation in our country. Winston Churchill said, if you won't fight for right when you can easily win without bloodshed, if you won't fight when your victory is sure and not too costly, you may come to the moment when you'll have to fight with all the odds against you and only a precarious chance for survival. There may even be a worse case. You may have to fight when there is no hope for victory because it's better to perish fighting than to live as slaves. To the men and women in this room, you have my eternal gratitude because you have chosen to fight when there is still, in my opinion, a very good chance for victory for the United States of America. It is time that we pursue that victory with all due vigor, and that is why we're here today. 
Mark was followed by Michael Ferris, and Michael Ferris is the co-founder of the Convention of States, a great statesman, a very intelligent constitutional individual, and his remarks give us hope constantly and the truth to understand the situation that we're dealing with. So this is Michael Ferris, co-founder of the Convention of States. Good morning. It is wonderful to be with you here in historic Williamsburg. I, um, there, I have a little personal history that just came to mind 30 seconds ago. Um, in 1994, the um, Congress tried to push through a, a provision called um, the Miller Amendment to H.R. 6 that was require every teacher in America to be certified. And that would have been the death of the homeschooling movement. If that had happened, it would have hurt private schools. We would have hurt public schools somewhat. But I, stopped, I was on my way to a, a political event in Virginia Beach, and I stopped at a house in Williamsburg and recorded Focus on the Family uh, program from Williamsburg. And Dr. Dobson sent that program out, and um, I was told later that three million people called Congress to oppose H.R. 6. Uh, the Focus on the Family broadcast was a material part of that. It wasn't the whole thing, but it was a material part of that. And so the fight for liberty, for me personally, I, I have a Williamsburg connection, but what I want to focus on for just a second is Williamsburg was really the, was the first home of self-government in the New World. The, the colonial legislature began meeting here in 1623, 1624, that was first session. They passed the first taxes on the colony itself. And it was from that point until the 1770s, 150 years, that the American colonies always taxed themselves. There, there was no, I mean, the, the, the royal governor had to sign off on it in the name of the king, but the parliament in Britain had nothing to do with it. And so when the fight came in the 1770s to, you know, no taxation without representation, they were following the British Constitution. There's never been a written constitution in Britain, not then, not today. And the British Constitution is the accumulated traditions of the way they practice government. And so for 150 years, the British Constitution is Americans tax themselves. And so when the fight came, it's exactly like our fight today. We're fighting for the original principles that were in the British Constitution. We're fighting for the original principles. We're fighting for the original principle of the Commerce Clause which meant shipping stuff. It didn't mean regulate everything that has anything to do with any dollars. We were fighting for the, we're fighting for the original principles of the General Welfare Clause, which did not mean spend money on any fool thing you want. It, it meant when you spend money, you have to do, it was a limitation on power, that it had to be not for some special interest, not for some you know, thing that the senator wants to to bless his home district with a particular road or something. It had to be for the general welfare of the whole country. And so we're fighting to restore the general principles of our Constitution, just like in 1776, they were fighting to keep the principle that Americans tax themselves. No taxation without representation. Why? Because that is the moral principle that lies behind the all government. And they got it right when they said, we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And for this reason, governments are instituted among men. So the reason we want to have limited government, which is 
mainly the focus of what we're doing here. How do we limit the federal government? The reason for limited government is more freedom. When, when government makes a choice, you don't get to make the choice. When you make the choice, you have freedom. We want to increase freedom by limiting the power of the government to make too many choices in our lives. And so that's what you're about. Thank you for being here. Thank you for, for all you do. And I really agree with what Mark said last night. I think this really will be looked at as the Annapolis Convention of this generation. So God bless you. Thank you for being here. Closing the opening remarks of the Convention of States is Rick Santorum, Senator, U.S. Senator Rick Santorum. And again, he gives us, all of us, a real take on what is happening, what is necessary, and he doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't make it seem easy or just make it happen. It takes effort, lots and lots of effort, and many, many supporters want this convention to happen, and we will get there. But Rick Santorum is telling us the importance of what we're doing and that why we must consider this a major historic event preambled to the actual convention of the states in America, which pray to the Lord God that we get 34 states, we have 19 now, 34 states, to do this must-needed convention to amend our Constitution and control this out-of-reach federal government. Um, I know it's, it's August. Uh, you're legislators, so you've got lots of things to do uh, and in August uh, to have some time and uh, to, to take the time to come here uh, just speaks volumes from you and your and your commitment and love of this country. So I, I just want to thank you deeply for being here. Um, you know, one of the things that I uh, uh, I hear all the time when uh, as I travel around the country is, uh, you know, people talk about the Constitution and, and, and we can't mess with the Constitution. And, and I think people forget that um, the Constitution was was written by folks like you. They were almost all state legislators. They weren't congressmen. They weren't people from the federal government. They were people from the states. And interestingly enough, not surprisingly though, that they, they wrote the, the Constitution to keep them in power, right? They, they had to give more power to the federal government than the Articles of the Confederation, but they wanted you folks, the state legislatures, the states, to be at the top of the food chain. That was, so when people say, well, don't mess with the Constitution, does anybody believe that the states are at the top of the food chain? Do you believe any of you are at the top of the food chain? I served in the, in the House and in the Senate. I see a vet back there. She served in the House. And yeah, you guys, we don't see you guys at the top of the food chain. You guys are shoveling the stables, right? You're just dealing with the crap we throw down to you, and you're, you do what you're told, Right? And if you don't do what you're told, we'll take your money, right? So that's when people say, oh, well, you know, don't mess with the Constitution. Well, how did the Constitution get this way? Well, in part, 
because you gave up power. When I say you, I mean you, the state legislature. The biggest giveaway of power obviously occurred in 1913 with the 17th Amendment, where you controlled me. I was a senator, and I would have had to get appointed by you up until 1913. And you, because of that, had the power to stop everything bad that would affect your state from happening. Because if you didn't like it, you'd just pull the senator back. And you know how hard it is to get things done in the Congress right now with the Senate. You couldn't get anything done if it affected the power of the state and your prerogative to protect your rights and the rights of the people. But you gave that away. Well, the founders put a second provision in there to put you at the top of the food chain. <laughs> so you gave away one, and this one, Article 5, you've never used. I don't know what that says for all you guys. I think the founders believed that people in, in the federal government would become corrupt with power because, well, every Republican in the history of the world has, has seen that. So they anticipated that these people who were, you know, leaders of the country would get the opportunity to try to grab more and more and more power. Now, they thought they put a provision there to stop that, but you gave it away. But they put a backstop. And so they expected legislators in Washington to abuse their power. But what they never anticipated is that you wouldn't use your power. And so I guess I'm, I'm just here to encourage you to step into the shoes that you were given in this country. And I hear the comment that Mark makes, you know, there are no Hamiltons, there's no Jeffersons. Do you think that the, that the Hamiltons and Jeffersons and the people there and the Madisons, that they thought they were... Madisons and Jefferson, they didn't see themselves as great. They, they were just ordinary folk. And if you read their biographies, they were ordinary people. And they didn't design this Constitution for angels and statesmen. You know, all what, you know what they really are asking you to do under Article 5? Is do what everybody, whether it's the school board or... The, the rotary or whatever, everybody and, or you and your own family do, unfortunately. And that is, act in your own self-interest. So all I'm expecting at an Article 5 convention is that the folks coming to that convention will act in your own self-interest. Which means taking power away from Washington, bringing it back to the States. If you simply do that, then you will accomplish what angels and statesmen will do. Because all this effort is about is to try to stifle Washington from destroying this country and bring some of the power and freedom back to the people and to the states. So act in your own self-interest. We don't need you to be angels. If you want to be power-hungry, ruthless villains, that's okay because you're taking the power away from even more power-hungry, ruthless villains. So I understand people have concerns about this, and I get it. And I'm, I'm excited that you will be, over these next few days, 
will, will put to rest in some respects how a convention like this would operate. And, and you'll have the opportunity to, uh, uh, to share that with your colleagues uh, when you get home. This is an important thing for the country. And I've, I've spent uh, the last 40 years in politics. I know, I, I don't look that old, but I have. Uh, I've 40 years in politics and over 30 in, in elected politics and running for elected politics. And people ask me all the time when I travel around the country, because, you know, why are you still doing this? And my question is because when I get up in the morning, I look myself in the mirror and I see a country that over the past 30 to 40 years has gone to hell. And unlike mo most of you here, I was actually in a position to do something about it. And I failed. Now I fail, I fail pretty miserably in most cases. And you can say, well, you know, you tried, you know, you, you, you passed this and you fought for this and, and you ran for this and, and you, you know, talked about these things. You know, I'm not a person of the left. I don't believe in participation trophies. I believe that you're here to accomplish things and you have an obligation to fight. And particularly in my case, I take responsibility. I mean, I think one of the, it's like anything, any problem you have, any, the first step to solving the problem is taking responsibility for your actions. And whatever I did, as hard as I tried, I didn't do good enough. Didn't do it well enough. And there's still work to be done. So I don't know how many years I have left, but I believe of all the things I've looked at, and I've been in Washington, and I've been on TV, and I've run for press, I've done all these things, and I don't see anything out there that is going to have the opportunity to turn this country around more than this movement. And people will say, well, you know, how can you possibly, even if you get a convention, how can you get anything done? And my response to that is, I, I don't think it's all that important to get something done this first convention. I think the most important thing to do at this convention is to have a convention. Because once you have a convention, then you, you show Washington that you are now at the top of the food chain. Now, you may not be able to get anything done, or you may pass a few amendments, and they may not be ratified, but you're now on their radar screen. They got to account for you. And all of the folks who say, well, runaway convention, or this, we don't know how it works, and this or this, all of that's now gone. It's now who's in charge. Just think about that. How many of you are angels enough that if you had all the power, you would always use it wisely and never abuse it? That's why we all have bosses. Congress doesn't have a boss. The president doesn't have a boss. Not a real boss. You're the boss. You're the ones who are supposed to have the power. They trusted you to preserve liberty. And you have failed them. You have failed our founders. You have failed this country. And I say that as someone who just told you, I have failed. So I'm not pointing the finger without pointing it back at me. We have all failed.
But as Mark said, there is still hope. This battle is not lost. It is far from being lost. And today and tomorrow, you have an opportunity to do something to move the hope forward. And I thank you for doing it. God bless. American patriots are on the verge of saving this country. But we are not there yet. Every American that cares about this republic must understand that our government is tyranny. Doesn't matter what party you are in. They are all in the same swamp trying to control us and eliminate our freedoms to where they are supposed to work for us and not them dictating tyranny to us. Hopefully, listening to these great patriots give you a better understanding of Convention of States. If you have not been there, go to conventionofstates.com. Also, I will put in the show notes a link to the simulation where you can watch the full simulation on the, our YouTube channel, and you will definitely have a better confidence and security that these state legislators and commissioners are doing what is necessary to save our country. Thank you very much for listening to podcasts. This is The Gunny, out. Make a Ford and a Chevy that would still last ten years like the should. Cause the best of the free life is still yet to come. The good times ain't over for good.